previously on 1B D&D. Two roads diverged in a lonely wood, and being one miry, before she could even notice the road ahead split, she was tackled by a dog. Nimsy implored her to find its master, who was hiking up a mountain, and she could get there faster by letting the dog, called Boy, pull her sled, and hopefully Boy's owner wouldn't yet be dead. To get there, she must travel through most of ten towns, but there's not a lot of daylight before the sun downs. After a long, weary journey, she now stops to gander at the walls encompassing the town of Brinchander. Myrie now finds herself standing in front of the walled town of Brinchander. You can see walls are 15 foot high. They're all made of wood. And the gates themselves that uh, you're approaching are flanked by 30 foot high guard towers. What do you do? Are the gates open? They are not. They're currently closed. Do gates have like a doorbell? <laughs> Is that hmm. a thing? I think it's just like Knock approaching them. I don't think you... Hmm. <laughs> I don't think you get there. I think part of the job of the guards is to do the halt who goes there go before y- you go up. If you get close enough to ring the doorbell, that guard lost their job. They're like, uh, you know, the lights that come on. Oh, yeah, like motion motion detector lights yeah, in a driveway. Yeah, they're motion detector lights. <laughs> yes. Know. You know, people. Okay, Myrie, and mind you, I'm trying to think of a funny color to make these places that don't like magic. And I can't think of anything clever, so I'm just going to say the green states. <laughs> mm-hmm. She knows she's in green state country, so she has her hex blade summoned and like sort of um, sheathed on her side nowadays. So she comes up. She has weapons on her, but yeah. she's not coming up aggressively. She goes up to the gate and looks up, expecting someone to be stopping her. As you skid across the packed down ice of the road leading to Brinchander, you do hear a voice call... Well met. Who g- g- goes there? Hi. Uh, just traveling. Uh, mind if I come in? Sorry, it's so late. That's all r- right. Sun goes down er- 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 early these d- d- days. You hear uh, a whistle, and then the <laughs> chunking of a wheel turning, and the gates peer open ever so slightly. They don't fully like mm-hmm. go all the way, but enough to allow you and a boy to pass through. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot my voice. <laughs> Thank you very much. Come on, boy. You and uh, boy trot in, and you can see they're panting a little bit. Normally, a sled would be pulled by a train of like six dogs, but you are a halfling, and I don't, didn't want to give you another dog. You got the one dog. That makes sense. That makes sense. I can't have another dog. I'll lose it. <laughs> I can barely keep track of myself. These are my dogs. Boy, umbrella, scarf, Chapstick and sunglasses. <laughs> yes. We lost phone charger on the road. <laughs> so dark. As you uh, come through the gates, you see a bundled up dwarven woman, but she's got a shorn shaven red beard. She says, Well met, traveler. Uh, keep your fingers and your extremities under wraps, lest oral bite them off. Mind your <laughs> temper, and you'll be m- most welcome here. Whew. Craving a warm drink? May I recommend a drop of. Firebeard's Firebrandy, sold only at Calvin's Comfort, located on your right as you enter the market square. Why don't you go inside? It's my job to welcome travelers to Brinchander. But if you've got no 
questions, I'll I'll head back into the gatehouse post haste. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. Go inside. I'll uh, I'll ask my questions to the tower in there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, ha, ha. <laughs> Closes the door shut, and uh, the howling wind. Eh, it's not even howling. And uh, the gusts of wind chill your bones now as you are once again alone. I um pull my sled up to this tavern and park it outside. I parallel park my sled. <laughs> you mush boy along down the high street uh, and you see patches. Actually, make me a perception check to see what yes, you chef. see. <gasps> First roll of the day. First roll of the day. 19. All right, let me tell you everything. The hamlet is crowded with houses that seem to cozy together for warmth like a colony of penguins. They are crowded and cramped, and for the first time in a long time, you're reminded of home. What is Myri thinking about as she heads through the streets of uh, something resembling a real city for the first time in a long time? I think she doesn't notice it at first because she just feels suddenly relaxed and normal. And then is like, wait, that's wrong. <laughs> and sort of recognizes that this feels like water deep. And then she feels very strange because water deep feels so long ago, even though it was a couple months. And it, it feels less like reality than all of the horrors she's experienced because she just came out of Strahd after being in the Underdark, which is his own kind of portal world. And the ease... <laughs> that she feels walking through the town actually unsettles her because she's like, I don't know how to be this anymore. Yeah, she just feels super weird as she's just walking or sledding through it. it it's kind of like walking through a fairy tale town. Like going back to your elementary school uh, after you've grown. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, it's smaller. And... After you've grown and like been jumped. <laughs> you know? It's like remembering an old bully and being like, wow, that's what used yeah. to torment me yeah um you've seen like real horrors now <laughs> yeah yeah so it's kind of got that old memories kind of flooding back but they're all a little out of place because it's it, you know it's not your school as you head down the high street you also notice patches of the town seem to be of much more recent construction than the other uh things have been quite recently rebuilt and they uh stand out in stark contrast against their older neighbors Eventually, uh, as you approach the market square, you notice an official-looking building, possibly a town hall, that is full of people standing in line for something that's being doled out by a solemn man without a hair on his head nor hat to cover it. Across the way, you can see the well-lit tap house, Kelvin's Comfort. Can you see the bar name again? Kelvin's Comfort. Like temperature. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, I didn't think of that. Again, this is what I love. I, I prepare all this stuff. I see all these things and read all these books. And then I bring it to you and you're like, oh, it's a dumb joke. And I'm like, yes, yes, it's a dumb <laughs> I joke. I did it. I did it. Painstakingly crafted fantasy world. It amounts to a dumb joke. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. She pulls up her sled and like now that she's gone through and she had this uneasy feeling and the chill is starting, she's starting to notice it a little bit. She... Oh my god, do you know what just happened? Nope. I panicked and was like, can I bring my dog in the bar? And then I'm like, what am I talking about? This is a made-up world, just try! What do you mean, can I bring my dog in the bar? I think you can see, there are dog stables, too. Or, um, what are the... Kennels. There, There's a kennel. <laughs> there's a kennel, too. Great. She doesn't go to the kennel. She doesn't know. Mm -hmm. So she walks in the door with this dog. She unhooks him and, like... You lock her sled, I guess. <laughs> sure. Come 
with a U-lock? Do I have like a kryptonite you know yeah. style? Yeah, your, your sleigh comes with a U-lock. I mean, I guess I could bring it inside because it's small, because I'm small. The combination is 8008. <laughs> Why? Is that yours? Oh, I found yeah. it. Yeah, I got you it. Get, you got there. <laughs> I got it. I see. <laughs> All right, so I put boobs in the lock, and then I, I click No, it. no, no. You, there's only four digits there. It's a singular boob. boob. <laughs> you put rules, boob in the lock. It's the rules lawyer. It's a bit lawyer. <laughs> a bit lawyer. It's the law. What's in uh what's inside here? The tavern is quite full. Immediately you can see the stick and the bartender is likewise a dwarf uh with flaming red hair and thick mutton chops leading to a rather short beard on his chin. There are many patrons drinking here together, but its air is similar to that of an army's mess after a battle. There's not too much ribbing or joke telling or Anything convivial, there's no music playing. People are just kind of there, keeping the cold at bay. Hmm. Uh, There is chatter. It's not like quiet, but it's the low murmured voices of people muttering about the times. Glancing around, you all can also see Boy is not the only dog in here. There are several other large hounds, mastiffs, fighting over bones and uh, rolling on the floor. A couple sleeping in front of one of the many hearths. You also notice in the corner a black bear. That is uh, sleeping next to a woman who is wearing a, a thick traveler, like an oilskin cloak, and uh, is currently restringing a bow. Violin bow or shooting arrows bow? Sorry, shooting arrows bow. <laughs> Just checking. There's no music. Right. Not in here. Just the wind in the boards. Great. She pushes her way up to the bar top. Mm-hmm. Hiya. Would you have a sec? Uh, do you have a room? We're not an inn. We're a tavern. Oh, of course. Uh, I can offer you a warm drink and some food. I'll take that, I suppose. <laughs> Who would deny that, eh? How special is Flamebird's fire brandy? I'm Ogden Flamebeard. I don't know if I've had fire brandy before. Oh, well, this is the best in all of ten towns, I assure you. Uh, I'll take one, I guess. <laughs> I'll just be one nook. She turns around and looks back at this bear lady. Does she look like an adventurer or something, or is she someone local? Uh, make an insight check. Okay. 18. She is armed. She has a, an animal companion. I thought you were saying she has arms. <laughs> yep. She has arms like an adventurer would. <laughs> she has scars on her face and the worn look of an adventurer who just had the misfortune of being stuck up here when the rhyme settled in. Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, make that two. Or say the guy. He nods and... Pours another. There you are. That'll be ten knuckles. All right. The money I have is called knuckles. Great. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, sure. She uh hands him these little bones. Before she heads over, she goes, um, hey, I saw some people uh at the uh the big house being handed out some stuff. What's what's that all about? Oh, that would be the lottery. It's almost the new moon, you know. Uh, what is the lottery? He lowers his eyebrows at you. I don't, I'm not from here. I'm sorry. Yes, you know. A lottery. You draw lots. Oh, great. What do they win? Better take that drink over to your friend there. She leans back a little bit and uh, just gives him a polite nod and uh, heads over to Bear Lady. (laughs) As you turn around, make a dexterity check. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, but I'm lucky. (laughs) I rolled a one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (gasps) Much better. 18. You 
spin around and almost immediately collide with a man uh, passing behind you. You jump back quickly and slosh the firebrand up out of its cups and then catch it. Stop without spilling and you don't collide with him. And he goes, whoa, whoa, sorry, sorry, ma'am. It's fine. You see, he's a paunchy young man with a boyish face and not even- Was this guy trying to rob me? That's what she's thinking right now. (laughs) She's like, this guy's trying to pickpocket me. Uh, Make an insight check. And then I would love to hear what he looks like. Eight. No, he seems totally innocent. He looks, um, he kind of looks like Josh Gad, you know? He's got uh, just a round, uh, sweet baby face. Although as you look at him, he uh, is raising his hands to you in a, a friendly, apologetic gesture, not recognizing you at all. But you remember him. He was the stable boy that you and Stevie held at sword point when the giant attacked you in Xantarl's keep. Oh, no. <laughs> but you were Wait, a human back then. The giant attacked me in Xantarl's keep. Is that where I, I found that guy that I let go in season one? Yeah, and then he walked in on you murdering the dude, and you like Stevie froze his mouth over, uh, and the two of you bolted, yeah. Uh, uh, so she's like, did this guy rob me? Oh, shit, it's this guy. <laughs> she has all that in, like, one second. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's fine. Uh, uh, are you trying to get up here? I'm sorry. She, like, points to the bar. Yeah, sorry, just another round. <laughs> Not much <laughs> else to do around here. Right. Uh, you live here? Uh, yeah. I'm from Cormier, but uh, I-, I came to Bryn Shander a few years ago. It's it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. If you want some company on this God's Forsaken Night. I'm okay. Uh, uh, bye. <laughs> okay, okay, bye. She doesn't know how to people anymore. <laughs> sure doesn't. <laughs> yeah, anymore. <laughs> she was very charming for a time there. I'll have you know. This is full on a metaphor for me after quarantine. <laughs> really, I can't really do a Josh Gad impression. That's yeah. fine. It's good to not be able to do a Josh Gad impression. I feel like I'm not going to keep. It's going. a little out here, huh? and he's got a little bit of scratch in his voice. Well, the thing about his voice is that it kind of goes oh! all over the place. Like he'll bring it on down here and make a little bit of a trumpet sound, and then he'll go way up high into the clouds and That's bring it. it on down. That's it. <laughs> Well, if you want some company after all, you just let me know. I'm going to be by the bar drinking a drink by myself. I lied. I want to hang out with him. I only want to talk to him for the rest of the campaign. Tell me a story. I don't know if I have any stories. Well, one time... I was on the road all by my lonesome, surrounded by bandits. No, you don't get the story. You're not hanging out with him. It's so rude to, like, turn to Josh Gad and be like, I'm good. I'm going to talk to the cool bear lady. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if you had a bear, we'd be talking, okay? (laughs) I thought I kind of was a bear. As you approach, uh, you hear her. She's, like, finishing a story to uh, the man she's sitting across from. (laughs) And he was carrying a black iron blade to boot. (laughs) Uh... Hi, she says, noticing you. Can I help you? Hi, I just, uh, can I pitch your bear? <laughs> um. I brought you a drink. She passes over the fire brandy. <laughs> well, why didn't you say so? Go right ahead. Ooh, name for a bear. Didn't name the bear. Tchotchke, this halfling's gonna pet you. It's okay. <gasps> and it, uh, raises its head and is larger than you are. It, you can see it lick its chops and... <laughs> sniff at you boy looking at it like, it's okay boy 
Marguerite reaches out and touches it. Roll an then... animal handling check. Yes, chef. 13. Okay. You reach out and touch it and? When nothing bad full on happens, she pets it gently and then like scritches behind its ears a little if she can, if it's <laughs> if its head goes down. It kind of watches you like the way like horses that are used to being around people watch you. being like, all right, you can bet me, but I'm not going to like, you're not my friend now. Yeah. But boy comes around and sniffs its butt. They sniff each other's butts. <laughs> uh, the bear does not sniff boy's butt. The bear, the bear is focused on you. The bear can sniff your butt, but only if you present it. <laughs> I do not. All right. <gasps> Roll to present butt. <laughs> Roll medicine. <laughs> I'm red, by the way. Sorry. Beldora. People call me Bell. Have you been out here long? Going on just over two years now. Wow. You seem um not too happy about that. Are you? You don't seem like you're from Ten Towns. Sort of just traveling, had some family. She nods down at your sword, and she goes, you're a professional? If I'm being paid. <laughs> Tell me about it. Good thing I had a, some things saved up, but coffers are getting low. Have you been stuck up here? The whole time. I was settling a conflict between two bands of Goliaths. That's when the rhyme started. Myri's eyes. Uh, eyebrows jump up. Have you seen this oral character everyone talks about? Shh. Keep your voice down. It's close to the new moon. That's just inconsiderate. Sorry. Uh, what yeah. does it have to do with the new moon? I'm not quite familiar. Have you been out in the wilderness this whole time? Uh, yeah. Uh, make a deception check. <laughs> 25. I look just stupid enough to pull that off. <laughs> yeah, she raises her head at you. and look, You can tell she is a ranger, so th- that is something that she has not even uh, achieved. She goes, huh. Halflings, full of surprises. Uh, the rhyme's been going on long enough now that folks in Ten Towns, the speakers, all agreed. If she's a god, something's got to be done to appease her. Gods like sacrifices. Some folks oh. give food, some folks give warmth. Are they sacrificing people? To make it fair, a lottery system is drawn. That's why everyone looks so glum here, eh? Between that and the boredom, there's the usual rumors and storytelling that goes on in taverns but not a lot of boasting to be done anymore not even the fish folk fish folk the, oh the people fish. the anglers yeah oh, good sorry just checking yeah <laughs> she shudders at some underdark memories <laughs> uh-huh. so what's your business in brinchander what brought you out of the wilderness funnily enough the wilderness this little one she uh pats boy on the head trying to find his owner Led some adventurers up a mountain in um, Karakonig. She nods to herself and goes, want to be heading toward Frozen Far Expeditions then. Anyone heading up Kelvin's Cairn would have stopped there first, at the very least to get provisions. Mm. If you're heading to Karakonig anyway, I've heard there's good work for adventurers up there. Apparently the speaker could really use some help keeping his town in order. Folks coming from down that way say it's beset by vandals and thieves, falling into ruin. I bet he could use a strong arm like you. I'm, uh taking some time off. Nah, come on. Thanks anyway, though. I take it you'll be heading out at first light? Yeah, it gets dark so quickly. What else? Effect of the rhyme. Sun doesn't even ever break into the sky. Her spell's that strong. She shivers and uh, takes a sip of her drink that you brought her. She goes, ugh. Firebrand? I heard it was a local specialty. She uh, spits into the fire. Myri takes hers. (laughs) Like, takes a sip, not the whole Mm -hmm. thing. It tastes like kerosene and fruit juice. <laughs> oh, so it's fireball. Oh, 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 that's right. 
never believe something someone's trying to sell you. I forgot. She scrapes her tongue against the roof of her mouth. She goes, you have been in the wild a while. Yeah, this is Mira Bar and Rot Gut. She takes it as a shot <laughs> as quick mm-hmm. as she can. <laughs> never taste an ad. <laughs> Always chug it. Belladora uh, eyes you wide and goes, I like your style. And she raises her, her mug to you and then <laughs> shoots it back. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that'll keep the chill at bay. <laughs> Trevor, I need to make a party. Well? I'm not leaving this tavern all quiet and shit. <laughs> Are there instruments around? <laughs> yeah, I think there there would be. They're just not being played. I think there's a, a couple of, of bards <laughs> in the area who just like have lutes hanging up by their table. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good. Uh, yeah, um, you know what? There, there is a violin. <laughs> a violin! Yes! Good. See, now that is more like it. It may be cold, but we're alive, right? We got blood. We got blood. We have a fire in our veins, eh? <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, Halfling. If you say so. Myri starts clapping. She's tired of being in sad places with sad people. Sorry, pal. <laughs> <laughs> No, not your fault. Maybe you should have rocked the vote. <laughs> what a nightmare. Myrie, um, yeah, slams her drink on the table and uh, starts clapping a beat louder. Everyone's looking at her incredulously. Mm-hmm. She starts, I think, Fanriel and her used to make up drinking songs when they got really drunk. <laughs> they did musical improv shows. Oh, they did, did they? <laughs> They sure did. That's why they uh, were criminals? Yeah, that's why they were criminals. <laughs> Improv turned them bad. They would just get really drunk in like the alleyway outside the bar because they didn't want to like fuck up the shit in there. Mm-hmm. So they would be listening to the music on the outside and uh, making up their own words on the outside. <laughs> music on the inside, words on the outside. Music on the outside, words on the outside. Yep, both. And <laughs> she... Just starts making up a song about how freaking cold it is. Go on. So I should do that, huh? Well, first of all, so you're just like, you're just clapping. Uh-huh. Yep. And then, <laughs> oh, that one says a story that I was told about some mountains that got cold. Everyone was sad, but they don't get old. And we all drink tonight. Hey, we all drink tonight. Make a, a performance check. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say with disadvantage because you're doing it a cappella. <laughs> oh, no! No, 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 no. Just just straight. Just straight is fine. I'm using luck. <laughs> okay. A natural 20. Are you kidding me? I rolled a three and then a 20. We'll mark off the luck. Click. Best use of luck I've ever done. Give, give me another verse. <laughs> the bottom's a long... Uh, oh, shit. Uh... The bard sat glumly against the wall, but they didn't know she had the gall. She looked at them with a long, hard stare and said, pull those violins down. <laughs> There's a, uh, a another halfling. He's got a thin black mustache and a quaff of hair, and he's sitting next to a violin, and he stands up on his bench, and he grabs the violin, staring daggers at you. And he raises up his bow, which is a violin bow, not a not a bow bow. Oh, I see. Chekhov's bow. <laughs> Listen up, assholes. My ass hurts from sitting on this fucking bench all day. I am way too sober. It's fucking cold. And I hate every single one of you. 
let's party. And he uh, starts a jaunty jig, and like the clapping kind of goes together, and the whole bar like clinks their mugs together and stomps their feet, and uh, several other performers get up and bang drums and uh, there's some like mandolin and lute playing off. I point to a dwarf in the crowd and I'm like, you sing! <laughs> they say that water's actually lava. This is true if you ask my father. Hey ho, ice is rocks. Ice is rocks and that is true. Hey ho, <laughs> it's so cold. It's really cold and we're not good at this. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I make this whole tavern a party. <laughs> Well, and then fucking, because, god damn it, we unfortunately set up that that guy was Josh Gad. Oh my god! And there's a small break. Oh no, okay. No, what? (laughs) We all drink because we're cold and we never get old and we're adventurers, but we try not to be bold because if we go outside, we'll get killed with icicles. It's really bad in 10 towns. Oh, good. Oh, Josh Gad is kind of like a uh, Jedi to Jack Black Sith. Like, uh, like, her friggin' geek, do do do. Oh my god. But, you know, Disneyfied. He's the musical theater version. But you know what's funny? I agree. And I would also always cast Josh Gad as the villain. That would be phenomenal. Do you know oh what I my mean? god. Yeah, dude. Have them be in a Battle of the Bands thing where Josh Gad is like the head of a pop group and he's the head of some metal oh, absolutely. band. But Josh Gad is the villain. He's like a hair metal, like glam, like put him in a feathery blonde wig and like do the eyeshadow all like glittery. Oh man, we gotta write this shit down. I, I want to get this movie very bad, please. Jackalack is now like Keith Richards in the yeah, third Pirates all... of the Caribbean movie. You know, he's like, he yeah. would be Josh Gad's... Teacher. Yeah. yeah, he'd be the Obi-Wan. But I do yeah. want Josh Gad to be the bad guy still. So we've got to find somebody to be the lead. The guy that played Jack Black on Broadway. Alex Bright. He plays Beetlejuice in Beetlejuice the Musical as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's put him. Give him his temperature. Him versus Josh Gad. And you Kyle Gass can come too. Unlike School of Rock. We're gonna do we're gonna have Kyle in yeah, this project. Kyle Gass shows up at the end to be like you I was know, thinking he would be a judge. He would be like one of the oh, yeah. like he'd be the That's um good. in Best in Show. Oh, Fred, I don't uh, remember that movie at all. He's a he's a comedy legend. Willard. Fred Willard. If you type in best Fred, <laughs> he's the second result. It's rude. After obituary. Andrew Randall's and Kyle Gass would be the judges of this. Uh, like, Andrew yes. Randall's would be the Ryan Seacrest type yes. hosting the Battle of the Bands. Yes. Well, that's going to be a great movie. Thank you for uh, hanging in through that pitch meeting, everyone. Back to the tavern where uh, everybody is rollicking. And this guy, Cyrus, um, if you don't remember, his name was Cyrus, finishes his big long solo. And everybody uh, cheers and applauds. And then the door bangs open and... Uh, you turn and see the stern man who is handing out the lottery sticks, leading in a woman who is sobbing quietly to herself. He walks up to the bar and says, Ogden, all her drinks are on me tonight. Okie dokie, Sheriff. And uh, he gets out a dusty old bottle of the good stuff, pours it for her, and she <laughs> downs a long plug of it. And the bar gets quiet again. Cyrus sits down next to you as well. He says, uh, thanks for uh, helping us forget about our troubles for at least a little bit there. Myri, um, stoned face, is watching the woman deal with that up there and sort of swallows and says, yeah, I'm good at forgetting. Where are you staying? 
She turns to Cyrus. I uh, was going to go find an inn next. Well, there are two in town. I just remembered that I'm Josh Gad, so I should probably do the Josh Gad voice. It's been two years since last you met me, so, uh, you know, puberty, she hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> well, uh, there's the hooked knuckle, uh, but it's freezing if you're not in a dog pile in the common room floor. And the north look can be dangerous, even in times like these. I know. Why don't you come stay with me? Uh, she looks at him, catches a glimpse of, like, her feet dangling off the stool and was like, there's no way. There's no way he'd know. How how would he know? And just goes, sure. Can she insight to make sure he's not trying to eat her? Make an insight check. 11. Uh, he's open-faced and full of Josh goodwill. Gad. Yeah, he's Josh Gad, which is why he would make such a perfect villain. Oh, my God. I know. Well, he, I think he's played a villain. Am I wrong? If you count uh, Elder Cunningham by being... Mormon in a Mormon missionary inherently, <laughs> inherently <villainous>. bad. <laughs> I just have this image of him like turning diva and yelling and being evil that way, but I can't remember from what. I feel like it was on TV show. Uh, was it in Avenue Five? Yes. He's not like evil, but uh-huh. he's it's it's clearly like the megalomaniac thing, but a comedic one. Not so much Trump. It was before everything that was megalomaniac became Trump. Right. Um, it was its own thing. Looking at you. That meteor movie. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, don't look up. The uh, white liberal commentary on something we've all been watching happen for six years. Yeah, that was uh, prescient. Really well-timed there, McKay. What, what, what if we just we just did it? What if we just showed it to you? And then we had pop stars, and they were pop stars. And the people on the news weren't really news people. What if we just did it? Yeah. I hated that movie. This is bad and poorly timed. This is not what we want. I agree. It creates... We were talking about the bystander effect yesterday. Have you heard of that term? Mm-mm. When you see a car crash, you're like, oh, well, someone else will take care of that. I don't need to. That's like why when someone's in danger and you're doing CPR, you're supposed to point at a specific person and say, you call 911. Yeah. It's like to defeat the bystander effect. Um, It just felt like a way to give the whole country the bystander effect. Be like, haha, solved that. Made a funny movie. All done. Don't have to worry about the government. It reminds me of my biggest problem with Last Week Tonight. I like that show. I think it's great Mm -hmm. comedy writing. But the exposés that it does are like, well, I watched something about bail bonds. So Mm -hmm. I have done something about bail bonds. Right. Yeah. I can see that. Needs a call to action. Yeah, exactly. At the end. But they can't because the TV likes the Midwest. So It's easy to shit all over the Midwest and be like, those fucking simpletons. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, look at you, you stupid fucking simpletons in the Midwest. What do you think you're doing trying to have culture listening to this podcast? We're, we're the uh, the Hollywood elite right here. You had a point to make? Did you not want to make what? it? What? Did I? What? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we're also not doing anything. Yeah, that's super valid. That's not true. I mean, we are doing a podcast. We are doing less than nothing. <laughs> We're actually taking away. <laughs> Valuable time that other people could be using to solve it. We are saying, no, 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 don't do that. There's snow in this world. Isn't it magical? Anyway. Anyway, where are you staying? <gasps> I've got room in my place. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. I don't know. It looks like the party mood is kind of died down. but Or I would say we could keep it going. But uh, we can share drink, swap stories. It's been forever since I've seen a new face. Oh, I mean, I don't have a lot of stories. Uh, just uh, been sort of on my own for a while. I've been on my own, too. Well, I mean, I've got some good friends in town. Like, uh, he looks around the bar. 
quietly scanning for faces. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, Let's go to your spot. Okay, great. He like shouts and then looks and checks and sees the woman crying at the barn and goes, I mean, okay, great. Yeah, let's just get out of here. Come on. She grabs her doggy. <laughs> oh, I love your dog. What's his name? Boy. What a good boy. Come on, let's get out of here. She's just pushing him out the door. The ranger like tips her empty glass to you and then uh, starts fixing her bow, by which I mean the ribbon tied in her hair. <laughs> and then pats her bow the boy she's dating <laughs> next to her who's there with a uh, bouquet of flowers they're eating bow I love that that's great that's great okay I am we'll close the door on that bit closing the door on that bit thank you thank you bit and it's cold and you're outside again and he goes oh, oh I, uh, I forgot about the door right this way let's let's hurry <sighs> yeah is it colder here than it has been other places? It's not any colder in Bryn Shander. In fact, it's actually a little bit warmer than it was in Lonelywood because you're not right off the lake. Right. No colder in Bryn Shander is definitely the name of the song I just made up. No colder in Bryn Shander. Hell yeah. <sighs> As you are walking across the way, you can see there is a statue of what appears to be a drow in the uh, market square. What? <laughs> Go on. Do you want to press what? X? What? Yeah, I would. Uh, what? What is this statue of? Do you know anything about this? Oh, that's a Tiago Banra helped helped out the town a while back. We don't frown on drow like they do down south. Judge the individual by their actions rather than assuming something about the whole. That's what we always say. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what did he do? She says, and she keeps walking. I'll, I'll t- t- tell you when we get back to my place. Right, let's go. And he leads you <laughs> uh, through the town a, a very short ways and brings you over to... Oh, I grabbed my sled outside of that bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. What's the combination? Eight, zero, zero, five. Eight. Thing you'll never forget. Thank God. Leads you away a little bit uh, toward the e- kind of eastern side of the house. House? Town. Town. That's what you call a lot of houses together. They're called towns. They're called towns. Back a little bit and uh, opens the door and you can see a wood stove has been going the entire time he was gone. So it is nice and toasty when you get inside. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah, uh, just uh, leave your coat anywhere. Take your boots off. Kick your feet. I'll let your toesies get warm. Gotta get my mochis by the fire. Mm. Pulls off thick fur-lined boots and... uh, Ah, sits in front of his wood stove, and you see steam immediately coming off of his sweaty feet. Chris, but Myrie does the same because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's freaking warm in here. <laughs> I think the dog leans up against it. <laughs> he goes, "Uh, oh, I didn't even ask your name. I just asked boys." Oh, it's uh, it's red. We both got short ones. I like it. I'm Cyrus. You said that a few times. Sorry about that. Have I? Sorry. Sometimes I, you know, forget. <laughs> <laughs> want to make sure that I've got all my bases covered. If somebody asks you, oh, where'd you stay last night? You can say, well, Cyrus did me a good turn. Not that I'm only doing this for credit. No, but if anybody else needs help, you could point them in my direction as a helper. Right. You want to be a helper? I try and help. That's nice. This town's done a lot for me. Give back as best I can. The town uh, took you in, so to speak? They'll take anybody in, uh, cl- clearly. <laughs> Any gestures to you? Okay. Do I look... Like a problem? No. You look like a halfling. <laughs> I've never really known a halfling to cause any trouble. You haven't met a lot of halflings. <laughs> I guess that's true. Not a lot of uh, where I'm from. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm from Su- Suzale, and uh, I came out to 
Bryn Shander when I was a kid looking for my mom and dad. And uh, I was an orphan. They abandoned me, you know. But, like, I'm fine. I'm totally over that. <laughs> yeah, I um, get that. Thank you for staying tonight, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Are you scared of something? No, it's just really nice to have company. Oh, uh, yeah. You can get kind of lonely out here, eh? I mean, especially these days, with the rhyme and everything, everybody's really looking after themselves. When I think it should be a time that we come together, band together as a community. You know, we're stronger uh, when we're all working for a greater whole, pooling our resources. But instead, everybody's so terrified about looking after their own that we've become more isolated. <laughs> isolated. I'm sure the uh, lottery doesn't help. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Has there been any change when you do sacrifice? Does it make any difference, you know? Not that I've noticed, but you know, I don't I don't I don't claim to be wise or she rolls uh, her eyes and leans back on her hands. I'm not here to turn my nose up at any ideas. They may seem like bad ideas, uh even terrible, awful ideas. But I didn't have any, so I guess it's better than nothing. And maybe maybe they'll work eventually, you know? Maybe it's like it's like working out. If you do a push-up, you're not going to see anything. But if you do 10, and if you do 100, oh, oh. Do you see what they've done? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're people, not push-ups. They're people, not push-ups. I understand it's different culture or whatever. Don't get the bad idea about 10 towns. It's a recent measure of desperation. I understand. We used to be better. But, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah. So tell me about you! And he uh, puts his chin in between his hands all sleepover style and rolls over onto his belly. I uh, visited my uncle. Oh, where's your uncle? He's in uh, just outside of Ten Towns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of mm-hmm. in the woods, you know? I don't. A hermit type. Oh, like a crab. Mm-hmm. Like a crab. I've never met somebody who had a crab, Uncle. Is that how you got to be a halfling? Um, I don't think a halfling means what you think it means. Isn't it does it just mean you're half something and half something else? No, definitely not. Oh. It's about size. I I had no idea. I, like I said, I don't meet a lot of halflings. <laughs> it's fine. I am not offended because of reasons. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm blundering this all up. I... I Go on. You you were visiting your uncle outside of Ten Towns. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to help, too. <gasps> I need to help someone I care a lot about. And uh, I sort of came across Boy, and I'd like to get him back to his master. He's actually not mine. Oh, we share a common purpose. <gasps> That's awesome. Her face falls. She's like, why did I do this? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, helping has gotten me in trouble. I honestly don't recommend it if you can help it. Didn't mean to do that. (laughs) But I can't help it. But don't you see? You couldn't help it either. We can't help but helping. When I was a kid, I was on the streets. I had to learn how to survive all on my own. It it was hard. But then when I came to Bryn Shander, I still had that attitude that it was all me against the world. Then we got attacked by giants. Oh. A whole dozen of them. A dozen? Twelve. Twelve is a dozen? Twelve is a dozen. (laughs) Turns out they come here looking for me. What? The town of Bryn Shander kind of got destroyed. 
and it was all my fault. So I left. I ran away, went south. But the thing is, the giants kept coming. They followed me, and I thought I can either run forever or I can help out the people who were trying to protect me. So I helped rebuild the place where I was staying, and then when that was done, I came back up to Bryn Shander to help rebuild up here. And that's when the rhyme started. <laughs> kind of a bad case of timing, but it does really help me commit, you know? Seemed like the least I could do. The town nearly got destroyed because of me. Well, because of my blood. Your blood? Yeah. I guess they were actually looking for my dad. Your dad? Turns Sorry. out he's a, uh, he's, he's a chosen. Basically a, a, a god's favorite customer. <laughs> that's why he abandoned me when I was a kid. So that he wouldn't subject me to a life full of danger. But I guess these giants, they got a hold of some sort of blood detector because they were looking for him. And it brought them to me because I was the next best thing. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe you've heard of him. Artis Simber? I know him. Right? That's Trevor? the name that the giants were shouting when they attacked Santoral's Keep. But I don't know him directly. You don't know him personally. <laughs> I know him! <laughs> that does kind Love of like style. tie the loop of why the giants attacked Santoral's right. Keep. Oh. Wow. I've never heard of him, actually, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't read. He stands and uh, stretches, then he goes and opens the window that it has snowed up to, and uh, inside there are bottles of beer, and he plucks two of them out and then shuts the window again, pops one off and hands it to you. Don't worry, it's not fire whiskey. (laughs) Yeah, what in the world? She cheers him and has some of this beer... She does not give the dog beer. <laughs> All right. The dog does not drink beer. You know that how there are very... like, there's a series of choices in these games. where That like... was a very text-based like, <laughs> video game like, uh-huh. response. <laughs> Boy does not drink beer. Boy looks sad. Boy falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boy dreams of kitties. But look, I did it again. <laughs> you were telling me about your uncle, and I started blabbing about my family. I guess I'm just kind of lonely. It's easy to get lonely in these places, but I'm being a bad listener. You can't help people if you don't listen. I enjoy listening. I don't really like talking about myself. Oh, why not? I just don't. What's that like? I'm gonna lay down. It's been a long day. <laughs> I'm supposed to head to East Haven tomorrow. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, yeah. Travel is exciting. They caught a witch there. A witch? Yeah. I mean, but you're from, what did he say, Cornish? Cormish? Cormier. Cormier? Mm-hmm. You're from Cormier, aren't you? Uh, You've seen magic, right? Oh, yeah. I don't judge anybody for using magic. Well, I mean, I do judge the frost giants Great! who tried she to kill me. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> It's about what you use your magic to do. I don't think she was a witch in the sense that she could use magic and that was bad. I think she was a witch in that she ate little kids or something. Oh, oh, yeah, that's not good. It's not ideal. It's quite bad. Pretty darn bad. Yeah, that's that's quite bad. Uh, Well, okay, I guess uh, I'll find out when I get there, eh? <laughs> All right, you take care now. Have a good night's sleep. I'm just going to be upstairs. I'll just be upstairs praying to Torm for safe travels for you. Okay. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. You know, gods are real. <laughs> I do. It's wild out here. There's one that, like, pretty drastically affects my day-to-day. I know. I've seen her. I know. Like, lots of times. 
in her mind, she's like, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> you got a weird look on your face. Uh, uh, good night. Good night. <laughs> Sleep now, little Reddy. What is that from? Book of Mormon. First time I listened to that album, a pigeon flew. Content warning. Animal death. <laughs> a pigeon flew into the window behind me. <laughs> oh, my God. At the bus station and died in front of me. <laughs> and I will never not be able to associate the Book of Mormon, the musical, with that. Even though I got to see it in front row, I got I got lottery tickets to it in L.A. Uh-huh. I sat in the front row, uh, but I will always associate a pigeon dying in front of me with <laughs> a real-life Yorick. I was going to say, I associate pigeons dying with this podcast. Interesting. <laughs> All roads lead to Josh Gad. Gad wasn't built in a day. Hate it. Boba Fett was so bad, Trevor. I'm not watching it. I'm not. I'm so. I'm so fucking done. I'm so glad. There's so much good stuff. I've been watching nothing but Queer Eye, and I took a break from that to go see my high school do puffs. <gasps> yeah, how was it? It was so good. Was it good? I was so high, but they were so good. I can't wait. I gotta go see it. There were a bunch of sweeties who. Couldn't stand up straight or stand still, and they were Good. like, "We're so scared." And they were so sweet, and they were doing their their goddamn best. And the girl who played Bippy got an applause break. They they were just giving it their all. Bless I them. I also, I did not realize this watching it at the pit. That show has so many moving parts. Like more than anything, I was incredibly impressed with like the backstage people helping with quick change and prop handoffs. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the technical director who had over 200 lighting and sound cues. What a nightmare. But they did it. They did it, so and they cute. had a blast. Did they have someone improvise that Quidditch pep talk? Was that in any version you saw? Uh, they There was definitely a Quidditch bit. In the production I saw, the coach or, like, the referee or whoever, like, stopped it and was like, Do you call that Quidditch? And gave a talk. That was clearly fully improvised, and they just let him go off the rails and do it <laughs> for 10 minutes. Oh, my God. Breaking almost everyone on stage and everyone in the audience, because I saw it when it was, like, off-Broadway, like, on-Broadway. Like, I paid $60 to see Puffs. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I got there, and I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> this I is mean, amazing. Th- that show is written for you and me. <laughs> But everyone in the audience was like, the fuck did I just pay $60 for? So Uh it was just me laughing with my loud laugh in this audience for 10 minutes at this guy and the four people on stage going. (laughs) My my dude, same experience. Exact same experience. Except it was was $15 because it was a high school. But when they go up for the second Triwizard task and it's just like, all right, everybody, here they go. They're under the water. And then they just pause and hold because, yeah, it's just a bunch of people looking at a lake. (laughs) If you're not in the action in the Goblet of Fire, the spectator sport is people staring at the lake for an hour. (laughs) That is fucking hilarious. And I am dying. Yeah, no one else. (laughs) But nobody else. Not another single fucking person in the audience. They're like laughing because their friends are like doing a thing. But I'm laughing at all the Harry Potter jokes. My mom and I went together, and uh, she was in the bathroom at intermission and asked somebody, like, so, how well do you remember Harry Potter? (laughs) (laughs) The friend's like, poor daddy. He doesn't follow a word of this. (laughs) That's great. I love it. But I goddamn loved it. Oh, it's so good. Those precious angels. They done did it. Some of them are going to go to college 
trying to do this like idiots. I couldn't warn them. Bless their hearts. Tell everyone you know going to college don't. (laughs) Like, no matter what the major. Unless you're trying to doctor right now. You're trying to doctor, go to college right now. We need you, please, for the love of God. Only go to college if, like, you're then intending to go to college for another four years. Well, like, go to college if you need the training for something. But don't go to college for anything else. Everybody, please learn something valuable. Please for real. stop podcasting yourselves. We have degrees. <laughs> One of us has a f- F.A. Uh, we both got A's. One of us has an F.A. So you go to bed. Do you go to bed? I do. Hurrah. You go to bed. The next morning you wake up and it is still dark. I think you can see on the wood stove because it also functions as the stove stove. Uh-huh. Cyrus is there in onesie pajamas frying up flapjacks. <gasps> oh my God. This is the donkey to my Shrek. Sure, He truly is. Cyrus. Are those? Did I wake you? No. Can I have one? <laughs> oh, of course. I love these. He like hands you over a plate. Oh, flapjacks. Them hotcakes. I haven't seen these in like 12 years. I feel like the last time I had one, I was eight. He turns around and he goes, yeah, let me just get you a little bit of syrup. And he turns it's back gone. and you Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> They're gone. You're like sucking off your fingers, but your cheeks are just completely full of the the just dry dough. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like eating a loaf of bread. Yeah. There's more where that came from. And he makes some more. Oh, and- I stay... I stay forever. I stay for hours. <laughs> Around uh, mid-morning, the sky starts getting lighter pink. And he goes, you know, Red, this has been wonderful. It's so good having company and helping people. But if you're going to get going to East Haven, you're going to want to make the most of the daylight you have. This has been the greatest food I have had oh. in years. Stop. She puts her hands on his shoulders. No. Oh. This is amazing. You scoot your chair over and get on top of it. Get on top of it. Put my hands on his shoulders. I forgot. I'm little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hug him, but short. <laughs> I pull away sooner than he would like. <laughs> Thanks. Make sure you help yourself and take care of yourself while you're helping others. That's a good reminder. I often neglect the self care. Take it from a chronic helper. Well, then you do the same. Here, that's that's how we'll help each other by making sure we help ourselves. But also don't forget to help other people. She smirks. Yeah, I won't. She says as she walks out the door and hooks up her little sled. Do you want to do anything else in Brinchander? There's nothing I can think of to do. How good are my clothes? Do I need to upgrade any cold gear? Um, no, your your clothes are good. Great. I mean, it's still cold. Yeah. But I think that's just the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the nature. You head off the out through the east gate onto a very clear road. It is icy and slick, but very discernibly a causeway. The terrain is beautiful. It is a clear day today. There is no snow falling, and you can see over the windswept plains the landscape frosted over like a like a cinnamon bun covered in icing. You see off to the left, Kelvin's cairn is continuing to rise, lonely, getting closer now as you circle around. Off in the uh, distance to the south, there's cliffside, and you swear you can see the carving of a woman with long flowing hair in the mountainside for a moment, but then you look away and look back and you can't find it again, like a magic eye poster. 
About two hours into the journey, you pass a few travelers, their heads down against the wind, their trains of dog uh, mushing against the weather to beat a trek back to Bryn Shander. But the wind is on your side, and you make good time. No wall surrounds East Haven, which butts up against a frozen lake. Jetty is reaching like bony fingers out into its shallows. You can see lanterns twinkling in the dark, which has started to gather. It's oddly beautiful as your sled skids on the well-trafficked road. What do you do? She uh, walks into town unless there are big gates. Uh, No, there are no gates for this town. Oh, it's just a bunch of houses. She walks into East Haven, and I'm looking for a fairy. You can try the fountain. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is dark as you have arrived. Uh, You mm -hmm. did see where the jetty was, though. Yeah. She just walks through town. What is this town like? I'm trying to get a vibe of all these towns. Make a perception check. Vibe check. 12. The streets are empty. The buildings are closed. The brightest light that you can see is uh, ahead of you in the distance. There's no moon in the sky, so there's not a lot of other light to navigate by. But there are lanterns twinkling from the jetties. So you know, like, lakeside, and then you know this. the town center appears to be this brighter patch of light ahead of you. Yeah, I'll go towards the jetty. There's lanterns over there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I head towards that. I'm going to check that part out first. East Haven's Ferry a keelboat, is trapped in the ice at the end of the wooden dock. A small cabin is situated toward the aft end of the hull. Mm. She goes in uh, up to the cabin door. Does it look like there's lights on inside? It does not. It looks totally dark. And um, you see there is a small hand-painted sign over the door that says, uh, out of service. Yeah, that makes sense. Can I, like, jump on the boat? I just want to look around and see, like, has this been like this for a year or whatever? Sure. You step off the dock and onto the boat itself, which doesn't move under your weight. It is completely solid. Go ahead and make an investigation check. 17. As you approach the cabin door, you can see the ice covering it has been chipped away. uh, And it's not locked as you try it. Do you open it? Yeah. Inside, you can see it's roughly 10 square feet, very small. Uh, There are four sleeping bags. There are some rations. There is a rolled up piece of parchment. And that appears to be it. Can I unroll this parchment and see if it's a letter with some gossip? As you look, you can see it is not a letter. It is a map. Oh, interesting. It is a map of Icewind Dale. Each of the ten towns is marked very clearly. You can make out Kelvin's Cairn. There's also a small X not far from Kelvin's Cairn and one much further to the south in the mountains that form the southern border of Icewind Dale. So there are two uh, locations that are marked on this map that are not Ten Towns. Are there weapons here? Are these treasure hunters? Is there any evidence of like that kind of person? Uh, there don't appear to be any weapons. With uh, your investigation, you can tell it looks like multiple people are staying here, but um, right. they don't appear to be here right now. Thank God, because I just walked right in. Is there stuff here or just the bags? Sleeping, Sleeping bags. bags, rations, and the map. Can I take a second to like memorize where this is? I don't think I have anything to copy it on. Sure. Make an intelligence check. Ten. You get a pretty fair picture of it fixed in your mind. Uh, And then I roll it up and put it back exactly how it was. And then I'm going to go out the door, but careful to try not to be seen by anyone (laughs) as I come out. Uh, Make a stealth check. Twenty-four. You turn around and open the door, which you pause for a second because you don't remember closing it, but you dismiss that and carefully shut it close behind you and then stepping carefully on these slick planks of the ferry you 
step off and back onto the jetty. I also think Dog was just like waiting by the door. <laughs> he like didn't get on the boy. boat. <laughs> boy. Yes. Excuse me. Yeah, boy was just kind of there waiting for you. I think probably at the end of the jetty. Yeah. Nod my head back. Can I look around to see if anybody was around and close this door? All spooky like? Like, yeah, just, uh, make a perception check. 12. You can't see anyone. Although looking around, you do see uh, footprints leading away from the ferry and into the town. I'm going to go back into town. Should I follow? Th- I'm going to follow these footprints. Yeah. Make a survival check. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> 14. Not bad. Um, you notice there's... Four sets. Two sets. There's two distinct sets that were made quite recently. They lead you past a waterside inn called the White Lady, but even it appears to be completely empty right now. Hmm. But there is lanterns around. There are lanterns hung, you know, low-burning oil lamps hung on the jetty, and there's some on the porch as well, but it looks like somebody, like, left the lights on for them to get back in the dark. Was there an area of, like, a bunch of light in the middle of town? Uh, Yes. I head towards that. It's also the same way your footprints are going. Footprints are gone? Although you lose track of those as you pass a large building that you can discern to be the town hall. You can see the the footprints join other crowds and treks around this municipal building that is frequently trafficked. Mm -hmm. As you approach this municipal building that is frequently trafficked, the tracks that you are following blend into the traffic of regular footprints as you see a small crowd that is gathered in front of town hall to watch a public execution. Oh, boy. She just can't win. The bright light comes from the crowd, most of whom are holding torches. Any pitchforks? Uh, Not pitchforks, just torches. A woman is tied to a stake, at the foot of which are piled bundles of oil-soaked timber. She is a tiefling, and even rarer, an albino. She is gagged, but she does not struggle against her bonds, nor does she look frightened. Mostly she looks frustrated and bored, like someone watching somebody else try to solve a puzzle they've already figured out. Members of the militia use torches to light the straw tucked around her feet. Fanned by the wind, the flames catch quickly. She does not scream as she is quickly engulfed in flames. Bundled up spectators huddle closer to this bonfire, eager to feel its warmth. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to episode 112 of 1P D&D with Beverly Jean as my Stone daughter and Trevor Wade as everyone else. Thanks to Josh Penn Pearson for doing most of our music, though that fiddle track was done by Giorgio DeCampo at Free Sound Music. Thank you very much for putting out some royalty-free stuff for us to have a little party to then ruin. Um... Sorry for missing uh, last week's episode. I was traveling and uh, good things came of that and you will be able to reap the benefits of some of it. Uh, But I was unable to get the episode up in time. So rather than stress and fret, I just delayed it a week. Hope you understand. Um, Should mention that this episode was inspired by the Wizards of the Coast adventure Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. And I should also give thanks to our Patreon patrons, Michael, Peter, Anthony, Evan, and Aspen. Thank you all very much. If you would like to join their esteemed adventuring company and have me say your name, head over to patreon.com slash 1pdnd. That's one like the number, P like the letter, N like the letter, D like the letter, and D like the letter. Not in that order. If you don't know what the order is by now, you're you're probably not a, a Patreon patron person. So uh, don't sweat it. 
But do find us on Instagram and Twitter, because remember, this podcast is only as cool as its community. So help it grow by telling your friends about it, or by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you encounter podcasts. The next episode will be up next Wednesday. I mean it this time. That's going to be May 18th. We will see you then.